0: It is true. Um, My favorite superhero is Iron Man. I love Star Wars. Um, And it also pours into the other side of things. I enjoyed math and I enjoyed science. And so a TV show that I really enjoyed uh, was Mythbusters. Um, And it actually, sadly, just had its last season. Um, But I really, really loved this show. And I I remember one particular episode. um, They were trying to uh, bust the myth of what's the fastest way to get through traffic, to stay in one lane or to weave in and out. And so they, they devised this experiment, and they, had, they went to a five-lane high, uh, five highway, um, and they had a person stationed in each lane, and their job was to just stay in that lane and just, just not move, just to stay in that one. And then they had one guy whose job was to weave And he was just going to, wherever he saw a place he could go, he was going to switch lanes wherever he could gain a little bit of ground. Um, And he actually did end up winning. It's also dangerous and stressful, so I don't suggest it. Um, But they had something in the middle of this experiment that they called the Great Equalizer. And what it was was it was a toll booth kind of in the middle of their... Um, course, that um, at one point, you know, it didn't matter who was the farthest ahead or who was the furthest back, um, it was so congested with traffic that they all ended up there and it almost reset the race. Uh, and so this morning, I want to talk to you guys about a great equalizer in life. Um, and we're going we're gonna to find this in the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, and just a little bit about the book, um, Ecclesiastes means teacher or gatherer, which is uh, the pseudonym that uh, King Solomon used. That's what he calls himself in the book, his teacher or gatherer. Um, but a lot of times, we, if, you've ever, if you know anything about Ecclesiastes, uh, we oftentimes think about it as this very depressing um, and down book written by a very depressed guy. <laughs> um, and you think of that just because of some of the phrases it uses, right? I mean, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, just a chasing after the wind. Um, King Solomon definitely sounds like a Debbie Downer in Ecclesiastes. Um, but I want to give you guys a little bit of context to the scripture, um, so that way maybe we can look at it in a different light. Um, so King Solomon had, he had reigned over Israel for a long time when, a, when writing Ecclesiastes. I mean, he was probably an old man by now. Um, he, he had experienced life, and he had experienced a great many things, and he's writing this as a warning for people, um, and, and he's writing this actually for the elite of Israel, um, not necessarily, as we would say, the blue-collar workers of Israel, but the people who are wealthy as he was, and he was writing it as a warning to them. Um, And then when it comes to these depressing phrases like uh, meaningless and a chasing after the wind, it's funny, a chasing after the wind, it actually means like trying to corral wind, if you could imagine that. Um, But when it comes to the word meaningless, um, the Hebrew word here means vapor or smoke, Uh, And so when you think about this, you know, Solomon says, you know, that everything is meaningless, you know, he kind of breaks it down from there. Wisdom is meaningless, pleasure is meaningless, toil, advancement, riches, they're all meaningless. But if we think of these things as a puff of smoke or a vapor, we don't think of them as having absolutely no value, but instead that their value is fleeting. It only lasts for so long and then it's gone. And that value is only till it hits the great equalizer. And so the question is, what is this great equalizer that can take the richest of men and make them equal with the poorest or the smartest and make them equal with the dumbest or the most talented and make them equal with the least talented? Um, And as we read in Ecclesiastes, we'll see that Solomon calls it um, a destiny for all. Uh, So if you turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I'm going to be reading verses 2 through 6. It says, All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is with the good, so with the sinful. As it is with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take him. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live and after they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope, and even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die But the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have any part in anything that happens under the sun. So, this morning, death is our great equalizer. It is, you know, as the phrase goes, there's only one guarantee in this life, and that's that nobody gets out alive. And it seems that the older we get, the more we are faced with our mortality, and the more we realize that our time on this earth is limited. And so Solomon, he is coming face to face with this fact. He he has lived a majority of his life. He is in his old age, and he is looking looking back, and he's looking at his accomplishments, and he's realizing, what did I do? Like, after I die, these things are going to go away. It's all going to become a vapor, a goose chase leading to a dead end. And so when I read um, Ecclesiastes, I don't necessarily hear depression, maybe a little bit, but I kind of hear frustration in him. If you flip back to chapter 2, I want to read a section um, from verses 17 through 21. Solomon writes, about this frustration he says so I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me all of it is a vapor a chasing after the wind I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to one who comes after me and who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun this too is a vapor so my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to one who has not even toiled for it. This too is a vapor and a great misfortune. Um, the funny thing is, you know, I completely understand where Solomon's coming from. You know, I, I, if I had devoted my life to something and I'd poured everything I was into it, and then in my old age, Um, When I'm about to meet the great equalizer and realize that it was all for nothing, I'd be pretty frustrated too. (laughs) Um, But in the conclusion of the book, it leaves the people with some very simple, very, very simple advice. And I'll just read this for you. It's in chapter 12, verse 13, and it says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. And this is great advice. It's I mean it's amazing advice. So what makes me laugh is when I look at the life of Solomon, he did the opposite. <laughs> um, if we if you look at the law, which is um, the the law is what God gave the Israelites for them to follow and to live um, in a perfect relationship with him. If you read this, he actually wrote, there's a section in there about how a king should live, and you don't have to flip there, but I want to read this to you. It's in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 17, and it says, When you come to the land the Lord your God is giving you, and you possess it and you dwell in it, then say, I will set a king over me like all the nations around me. A little sarcasm there, because God didn't actually want them to be like all the nations around them. You may indeed set a king over you whom the Lord your God will choose. One from among your brothers you shall set as a king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother, only he must not acquire many horses for himself, or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses, Uh, since the Lord has said to you, You shall never return. Uh, that way again. And the reason they weren't supposed to acquire horses is uh, horses were a a sign of power. They were used to pull chariots and they were a great asset in war. And so having many horses show that you are a strong military power. Uh, If we continue on though, it says, um, you shall never uh, return that way again and you shall not acquire for yourselves many wives, which if we know anything about Solomon, it's that he had 700 wives so he missed that boat. lest your heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law approved by Levitical priests, and it shall be with him. And he shall read it in all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, by keeping all the words of his law and these statutes and doing them that his heart may not be lifted above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment, either to the right or to the left, so he may continue long in his kingdom and his children in Israel. So we look back at Solomon's life. He really did do the complete opposite. Uh, he had herds upon herds of animals. He had ex- the most silver you know, that any king had ever had before. Uh, he, Like I said, he had 700 wives and He didn't follow God's commandments. Um, And so it seems that when Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, he's almost comparing his life back to this section in Deuteronomy. And so then in, in the end of Ecclesiastes, he can only offer the advice that he didn't follow in the first place, and that's to fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. And so as Solomon writes, this, he understands now why he should have followed God's commandments. And it's because they have eternal value. The things he pursued in his life and when he's urging other people not to follow, those things only have an earthly value. They only last until they reach the great equalizer. They don't follow us after death. Now, as, as people, we are very linear-minded. Uh, we see in a straight line, you know, A to B. And so to imagine eternity or something that lasts forever is really hard. And so I have an illustration. Um, and so you see I have a string. Um, now, I actually borrowed this from Francis Chan. I don't think he'll be too upset. Um, but as, as you see, so we have this string here. And I have a little bit, of, a little knot right here. You can maybe see it. Um, I tried to color it pink so you could see it, but uh, that, that right there is the great equalizer. This, that is death, this little knot, which means everything that comes before it, this is our life on earth, and that means this is eternity. This is the rest of existence. And I know it only goes to the wall, but imagine it goes on and on and on. And the, the interesting thing about our life on this earth is the decisions we make in this little section affects the rest of this. And Solomon is coming to grips with that. Um, all of us sitting here in this room this morning uh, are in the top 1% wealthiest in the world. Which means that the people that Solomon is writing to is us. We are the ones who will struggle with putting things that only have earthly value in front of things that have eternal value. He's warning us not to pursue those things. For me personally, um, I like to binge watch TV, I just do. Um, Whether it's Hulu, Netflix, I can sit down and watch an entire season in one week. (laughs) Um, It's a struggle. Um, But, you know, whether it takes me a week to finish a season or it takes me a couple months to finish an entire show, at the end of it, I end up sitting on my couch wondering, where where was the purpose of this? That, That time is gone. I just wasted some of this, for what? To know some cool science facts. (laughs) And after reading Ecclesiastes, you know, I have to ask, what is the eternal purpose of what I'm doing? Is it going to matter when I reach the great equalizer? And so I don't know what you have in your life, but I'm sure we all have things uh, that we think about that are completely based on earthly value. Uh, but my, my point, I don't, wanna, don't get me wrong, my point for the sermon is not that those things have absolutely no value. They have value. It's just fleeting. It'll only last for so long. And so my point is don't let things that only last till we die get in the way of things that last for eternity. Don't let things that only last till we die get in the way of things that last for eternity. Ecclesiastes says that the duty of all mankind is to fear God and keep his commandments. And when Solomon wrote this, he's referring to the law of the Old Testament. And what's cool about this passage of Scripture is even though um, we are under a new set of commandments, we are not held to the Jewish law, um, it still applies to us today. We still need to fear God and keep His commandments. Now, the commandments have gotten a lot simpler, uh, and this morning I want to talk about just three of them. And the first one, Jesus considered to be the greatest commandment. Jesus summed up the law in two commandments, love God and love others. And so I want to talk about that first one, loving God, building our relationship with him. And the reason we want to do this is because it has eternal value. It is something that will never end. If we make our decisions based off our relationship with God then it won't only affect this but it'll affect all of this and we i mean we have a lot of tools to to grow our relationship with God and I know in my own life it's not necessarily how do I do this it's i need to get off get up off my butt and do it our relationship with God is not meant to be complicated But what makes it complicated is depending on how much effort we want to put in. The second greatest commandment, love others. And the last one I want to talk about, I feel like kind of go hand in hand. And that last one is the Great Commission, the one that Jesus left this earth telling us to go out into all nations baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, telling them about Jesus. And I feel like if we love people we will accomplish that goal. If we truly love them, we will accomplish that goal. And the reason I find this so incredibly important is because a lot of people all they know about is this. This is the only thing they know about in their life. And if we if the chances are, if we don't tell them, they might never find out about this. They may they may not even get to experience this. And the question is, why is that? Because I was too busy finishing up the third season of some show? If I truly loved them and wanted to follow God's commandments, I wouldn't waste this little time that we have. And, it, and it's pretty simple, too. Um, and like I said, these things are not um, meaningless, My binge-watching TV doesn't have to be meaningless. How hard would it be for me to just invite someone over, you know? Let them partake in my binge-watching with me. (laughs) Um, Just like a relationship with God, you know, we have to spend time with Him. One of the greatest ways we can show Christ to other people is spending time with them and letting them see Christ through our actions. Again, it's not complicated. It just depends on how much effort we want to put in. Our time on this earth is so precious. We get this much time to love God and love others. Please choose things that have eternal purpose over things that have an earthly purpose. And fear God and follow His commandments. Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, we love you and we just thank you for this great morning. We just ask that you challenge us. Um, Don't let our hearts sit easy um, knowing that others are out there not knowing the rest of eternity. Give us a passion to tell them about you, to fulfill the great commission, to fulfill. Um, your other two greatest commandments, to love you and to love others. There's so many things on this earth that can be distracting and, and take away from those things that have eternal purpose, but if we focus on you, then we will be able to make those decisions and, and focus on the things that have an eternal value. We love you. and That's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.